right, uh, welcome to another episode of Take Foul NBA Talk, uh, correct takes only. Uh, we're here with Ike and Mike on uh, the day before Election Day, so all 15 NBA teams are playing. Um, we're about 10 games into the season, and uh, we're going to get to you know, uh, our, our thoughts on the, the latest storylines, uh, with the teams. But first, unfortunately, we have to talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, but, uh, I'll take it away. Yeah. Why, Mike, why don't you give us a, a quick summary just of like, like basically what went down and then we can get into it. Yeah. So I've been a Kyrie defender for the past few years here. Um, in the past couple of weeks, he has gone off on another one of his kind of intellectual tangents as some might put it. Um, and this time it's beyond just claiming the earth is flat or anything like that. It has been heavily rooted in some, um, anti-Semitic kind of narratives. Um, he's on the same vibe with Kanye about black people being the original Israelites and all that stuff, um, which however you want to spin it, whatever. But the issue with it is that he is sharing clips from a, from a movie that is... Well, hold on. He's, he's sharing the, the link to the movie. He hasn't, doing, hasn't been sharing clips, but go ahead. The, the link to a movie... Uh, that is essentially not well, that is denying that the Holocaust happened. That is claiming the Holocaust is just a tool for Jewish media to uh, push false narratives, um, and does so by saying like, "Oh, this is one of the three major narratives that they try to push to protect themselves." Um, and the third one being that six million people died in the Holocaust, uh, which is of course a bad book. So the result of that was him initially being suspended by the. Uh, Brooklyn Nets for five games, um, and now talks of retirement are flying. Well, I mean, I, I I feel like the talks of retirement were sort of more like when he wasn't apologizing and people thought he was going to like quadruple down essentially, but he did post an apology on Instagram, um, which was acknowledged as a, as a right first step. Um, we'll see if he continues to take more steps. Um, but yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, like I think Kyrie, like obviously what he said, but like like that video, that that movie, and I, and I watched as much of it as I could. It's just as you said, it's just like a PowerPoint. It's not really a movie. I don't know why it's on Amazon, but it's just like I don't, it's so bad like beyond that it's so bad but um like beyond sharing that like he is a like a really just guy who i don't think is all the way connected up there um and i think that needs to be taken into account similar to kanye right um but i do believe when people when kanye and Kyrie do do these things they people do take this opportunity to be adamantly anti Kanye and Kyrie, but the way that comes off very vividly is is a lot of people coming off very aggressively 
aggressively anti-black. Um, and that has been kind of my take on this whole situation. No, I do not agree with anything they've said about these things, but I feel like it is it is an easy way for them to be very aggressive towards a community that not necessarily everyone agrees, right? And uh, that's, that's kind of my initial take on the situation. Um, Kyrie, Duke alum, uh, obviously you have to start asking questions about that about that college, what they're teaching in school. Obviously, like it's, I think he loves to push boundaries and this time he just like did it without really taking into account what, how truly damaging this one was. It's not just saying the earth is flat, this one is truly really damaging to community people. Yeah, I think, um, in in terms of the the whole situation uh with kanye and Kyrie, i think you're right in that there's like some bad actors that are kind of taking this and like are feel emboldened to be anti-semitic but then also feel emboldened to be you know anti-black um and using this as an excuse right and so like it's just this like bad cycle that was kind of created by them um yeah i, th- I you know I think that there's a number of things that I've just seen floating around in the internet that I want to address. Um, and the, the first one is like freedom of speech, you know, oh, like his speech is being taken away. I, you know, it's like you work for the NBA, you work for the Nets organization, they can do what they want. Like, that's kind of the end of that conversation, I feel like. Um, and then I've seen a lot of people like, did you want to add something? Yeah. It's very similar to what happened with, uh, uh, Myers Leonard, right? Like he said that anti-Semitic slur, he got punished for it, right? Like you can't, like you, there's, there's consequences for your actions, especially when you have the platform such as the NBA. Yeah. It's like, you can, you know, Kyrie's not going to go to jail for saying what he said or posting what he did on Twitter. It's just like there are consequences to what you say. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, I've seen a lot of people minimizing what Kyrie did with posting the documentary, you know? And they're like, all he did was like post this like little documentary. And it's like, well, you know, let's back up. Like, it's the documentary, as you mentioned, a lot of very damaging stuff um, from like Holocaust denial. And the, uh, kind of the, the, problem with a lot of this like radical kind of black hebrew israelite stuff right like it's it's different from black judaism like very different and it gets down to like you know like you said it's like black people are are the original descendants of israelites and the other side of that is that you know like european jewish people ashkenazi jewish people sephardic jewish people are like fake and are like you know controlling everything to like and you know there's like allegations of satan worship in there in that documentary as well and you know like there has been a a a total rise in a bunch of anti-semitic uh like you know synagogues in new york uh have been attacked like there's like a big 
demonstration here in New York and, and in LA and stuff. Um, so, you know, these, these things have consequences. So it's not just some documentary, you know, that he posted. I don't know if he watched it or not, but. Did you watch it all? No, <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I read about it. I've seen like the screenshots that have been floating around. Um, and uh, what one more thing I'll say um, is like in 2019, I was I was working with uh, this like Japanese news organization, and we did a, a interview in Jersey City, and then we started getting alerts of this like shooting happening nearby, and so we like went and like you know I was like pretty close to the shooting. I was like ongoing with the cops and like these two people. Uh, these two black Hebrew Israelites um, attacked a a Jewish, like a like a kosher Orthodox Jew um, grocery store, and they like, killed some people in there, and then like essentially died by police. And you know, like the the really radical sect of that, like is that stuff can happen, you know. Um, and that documentary was radical, you know, it's not like, it wasn't like, you know, kind of like describing like origins or anything. It was like making some like very radical claims. Um, so yeah, Ike, you got anything? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to see how he like responds to this because like he posted the Instagram but he doesn't really seem like a guy who likes being told like you were wrong like your opinion or your feeling was wrong mm-hmm. and it's not really something you suspend off of someone like a five game suspension for being anti-semitic is just kind of like you're gonna come back and maybe still be like anti-semitic. it's like what does it's kind of interesting because I don't really he apologized for doing it, but I don't know. And and my heart of hearts, I I don't think Kyrie is inherently an anti-Semitic human being. I think he's just a very mentally like susceptible human being in which he gets these ideas in his head. And he's like, and he thinks he's smarter than everyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. And he thinks, oh, I'm thinking on such a higher wavelength than these people. They just don't get where I'm coming from. One that's not. But like, since this is something he kind of like got on with it's like is that going to be him again saying like no it's probably just too high of an intellectual level sure like like i think his apologies are his apologies whether they're hollow or not like i don't think he probably even understands what what he did was wrong but he can't then go into a press conference and be like oh ask me about basketball questions and stuff like that like yeah it's not something you can do after something like this. It's not. It's not fair on his end because he has to understand. He in the moment he realizes he knows he has a platform. He knows what he's saying is going to reach a lot of people, and that is his goal. He's trying to like show people how like intelligent, like how like superior is intellectually. And then when he like really fucks up, he then tries to be like, oh, don't ask me about this. Don't ask me about that. That's not something he he can't play both sides of that kind of spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Did you guys saw probably like during the the initial press conference where first he was like, 
you know, I'm in a unique position with like a, a, t- a lot of like influence over my community. And then like a few minutes later, it was yeah. like all this influence stuff. Yeah. Like you guys are making this up, man. Like it's just the media, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like, do I think that he is like a hateful person? No, I don't think that Kyrie Irving's a, a hateful person. You know, do I, do I think that like, he's very susceptible to this stuff? It's, it's clearly there's evidence of it, you know, with the flat earther thing, with the vaccine thing, like, there is evidence of Kyrie Irving like buying into this like conspiracy theory stuff and to like what extent that he has you know taken to heart the sort of like more bigoted kind of beliefs within the like the black Hebrew Israelite rhetoric is uh, you know that's we just don't know only Kyrie Irving knows that you know um, but as a, as an organization, as a league, you can't really have a dude who like is saying that shit. And you know he had to apologize, and he did. And you know we'll see if he continues, if he meets with you know Jewish leaders, um, or not. But yeah, he also chose an interesting borough to do it in between like having a ton of Jewish people and a bunch of people, you know, getting mad about stuff like that. Yeah, largest uh, Jewish community outside of Israel, I think. Brooklyn? Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. or, just, or just New York City. Yeah. All right. Nah. All right, so... Uh, now let's get into actual basketball. Um, again, we're about 10 games in. Uh, we got a, a, a good first sample size of kind of what teams are doing. And so we're going to do sort of like a rosebud thorn kind of deal with the the teams. I don't, what? You don't like Nobody that? Everyone knows what that is. Everyone knows what that is. Everyone knows what Rosebud Thorn is. Whatever. Good teams, teams that have been disappointing, and teams that we think are going to be better. Mm-hmm. I kick us off with your good team. My very good team is the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are 8-1 and one and second in the East, coached by J.B. Bickerstaff, son of Bernie Bickerstaff, who I think I've gone around telling people is dead. He's not dead. He's still alive. He was also he's a good coach. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are 40% from three, which is fourth in the league, tied for the second best defense in the league for points per game. And they have the best average point differential in the league, plus 12.3. It's average per game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's just been kind of going crazy with 31, 6, and 4 on 49% and 41% from 3, which is incredible. Yeah. And half steals. Balling. Darius Garland's also pretty unreal. He's 19, 7, and 3 for, with 2 steals per game. Not shooting great. Only like 40% and 38 from 3, which is good. Uh, the other two I wanted to highlight, Karis LeVert is shooting 46% from three on five threes a game, which is pretty great. Uh, 
great. Yeah. Kevin Love, fantastic. 12 and 7, 41% from three. Love's playing really I, well, yeah. Yeah. And then I had like Evan Mobley. I don't, he's been good. Like he's a really good player. It doesn't really show in his stats, but he's really good. They're really good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow on this episode with a few teams. Uh, the Cavs may be better than the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> that might be a problem. Do, wait, do, no. where, where did you have them? Playing. Like, like eighth or seventh? Um, I'm pretty sure eighth, oh. I want to say. Yeah. Um, that may be an issue down the stretch for the Bulls. They played The Bulls played them tough, though. I will say that. Good. Um, the Bulls, I don't want to get into the Bulls right now. The Bulls complain a lot of people tough, but the Cavs have been an impressive side. The Cavs have been an impressive basketball team uh, so far, better than I kind of expected, especially Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, like, yeah, they're probably for real. They've got a really good roster, but like some people didn't really know how it would fit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think. Some people thought that that it was going to be like Mobley's big breakout year, but that's very tough to do when when there's like two super talented ball dominant players on your team, you know. Um, And like I don't know, he's playing his role really well. He's you know averaging one point nine blocks per game, um, which is great. And like you know, he's a huge part of that that second overall defense in the league as well as like I think they're third in rebounding percentage defensive rebounding percentage as well um and so I think about mobile I feel like it's not a league where big men like him are gonna be like be like put on that like star pedestal you know like it's such a kind of guard dominant league or like big man with guard skills dominant league in which those guys are gonna be Excels statistically. Yeah, but I mean, I think that like every team would love to have a Mobley. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. He's been he's been great. It's just like he's gonna get outshined by like the guys around. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the thing with the Cavs was also that like everyone said they have the best young roster in the NBA, and it's kind of like they might be like just have one of the best rosters in the NBA. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think. I think they're a contender. Yeah. I'm like willing to, you know, take this small sample sizing and, and give them that. I think just just because they don't have any got like gaps, you know, um, that are glaring. But uh, all right. So move on. Yeah. Uh. So my very good team has been the Bucks. Um. I think like, it speaks for itself, being undefeated. Uh, Giannis is playing in MVP form. Um, they lose their second best player, and they look even stronger than they did like last year. Like they're playing really out of their minds right now. Um, but the thing is, like the stats don't really speak for how good this team is. Uh, they're winning a lot of games deep down the stretch, and for a team that's not necessarily all that deep in the bench, like I think that says a lot um, for what their kind of starters can do. Um, uh, the complaint I'm seeing a lot online about them is like, oh, they're like one injury away from like disaster. But you can say that about a lot of that's just basketball. Like a lot of teams are one injury away from like just not being very good anymore. It's a superstar league. 
there. That's what it is. Yeah. Like if you had Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah, he gets hurt, it's fucked. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Middleton's already hurt. Yeah, so. right. Like what would like they are just they're beating everybody, and that's just like what it is. Um, but with the exception of a couple games, obviously they they win. they take it down the stretch, but they're finding ways to just like out perform outperform everyone late, and that says a lot in basketball. You know, and that's how you win basketball games. That's all they've been doing. Um, like statistically, they're not going through the roof. Like I think they're they're shooting threes like thirty three percent. Like they're under fifty percent in the field, but like they're like they're just dominant defensively, and they just shut people down in the fourth quarter and win basketball games. They are also the oldest roster in the NBA. And so it's sort of not surprising that like all those guys have been around, know how to do it, and like come into the the uh, season like guns blazing, like locked in, ready to go. What? Drew Holiday is unreal. Yeah, Drew Holiday is going insane, which is kind of yeah. unexpected, honestly. Drew Holiday or Marcus Smart? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday or Marcus Smart? Drew Holiday. Like all day long, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but really the same guys Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. They they lost. They've lost some tough games, and I feel like their schedule has been tough too. The Celtics, that is. Yeah. yeah they have the third hardest. They have had the third most difficult schedule. Um, in the league so far. Timberwolves have also had it, just because like all the bad teams they play are actually doing really well. Bad teams, you said, were really bad. You said, well, hold on, <laughs> no, no. Timberwolves had have had the this this. Is six. it based on opponent record? They look. This is like the freaking you know, like the, the, this <laughs> is the, the the advanced statistics that I'm seeing here. Okay. Based on like rank, yeah. I don't know. These things are subject to change, but the Timberwolves have had an easy schedule objectively. They have, but they played the Jazz several times. Ooh. Spurs gave you a hard time. Spurs, Spurs are good. Spurs are. Right, we'll get to the Wolves. We'll get better We'll get to the Wolves. We'll get to the Wolves. But speaking of the Jazz, I want to talk about the Jazz. <laughs> So after jazz. what are Utah jazz? <laughs> yeah, baby. Like, you know, I was saying like, I feel like, you know, the Utah jazz are in that kind of playing tier, like lower playing tier above, you know, San Antonio. And like, like I, I felt like they're, equal with with Sacramento and Portland at like the bottom of the plan um they clearly have exceeded that um you know they're not your typical rebuilding team they're like pretty old you know uh and like in terms of roster construction um like if you look at the two best guys that's probably like what like Markinen clearly and then, no, I'm not a Linux. And probably Clarkson, you know. And if you look at, like, the 2 through 10 from there, it's actually, like, a really good 2 through 10. 
I mean, uh, three through 10. And like you compare that three through 10 to like the Lakers, for instance, you know, like where it's like 80 and LeBron and then like the, their role players and, you know, Westbrook obviously has been doing well. Uh, but like those guys are ass, you know? So they're like very well balanced, real well-rounded team and they play fast. Uh, they share the ball, you know, they're, they, they're second and threes made, uh, per game shooting 37% solid. They're sixth in offensive rebounding, which I think with uh, Jared Vanderbilt going over there has like really like helped them extend those. Uh, they're fourth. Hmm? Well, I was at the Walker Walker Kessler and Kelly Olynyk might be the reason the Jazz are so good. That was my good news for you guys about the Wolves. <laughs> they know how to draft great because Walker Kessler is putting in an elite ten minutes a game right now. <laughs> Shout out Walker Kessler, former Wolf. (laughs) Uh, I mean, look, otherwise, you know, fourth in steals per game. They're running around. They're they're getting, you know, they're stealing the ball. They're creating turnovers. They're eighth in turnover percentage. And, you know, top ten in offense and defense, which no one really expected. And my take is that I think they, they are like gonna make the playoffs i think they're gonna be in that seven to ten range still but i think they're a lock for the plan yeah i i agree they're a lock for the play and my thing is laurie's got to kind of cool down eventually you know like a little bit of a, of a unicorn situation i think i've seen laurie play and when he's good like it's cool but like there's there, there's a waterfall coming on this stream and it's going to happen eventually, but I think they'll be in a good enough spot where they stay in that position. But Danny Ainge must be throwing up every night when he goes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably <laughs> so pissed. And Victor is not there, and it's breaking his heart. Yeah, Ugh, tough. But uh, I I don't I don't know about Lowry Markkinen. Like he might. He might like not cool off. He might like average like a, a cool twenty and ten, you know, and like he's putting all star numbers right now. He's yeah. He's he, I think he pat you know he really passes the eye test. Like he looks good, and what we've learned time and time again, like in this modern, you know, modern modern era, is like guys who have had like years down the line can still somehow like make a little leap like like for like DeMar DeRozan last year you know like and that's harsh DeMar, DeMar was was good DeMar was no. you can't put market and DeMar in the same kind of category no I'm not I'm talking about like how like it's like a lot of people were writing off DeMar DeRozan like when he was playing in in San Antonio and like saying that, like, you know, he's probably, like, going to be in, like, a, a smaller role. And then he, like, came out and started the, you know, he was in the MVP conversation for a little bit last year. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. But, like, DeMar in Toronto was very good. Like, Lori, like, it's hard to pinpoint a, a point in time in which Lori was, like, ever, like, doing what he's doing right now. Like, and, like, when he's had games in which he's been good, but then – there's when it gets bad, it's it's really bad. Like I'm just saying, I'm not trying on the river or anything, but like, like as someone who watched him play for the Bulls for for those years, like 
Like, they're, like, if this is just what it is, that fucking sucks for me, because, like, where was this, you know? Like, another Timberwolves draft pick. Yeah, see, I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah, speaking of the Wolves, you look at, uh, you know, what Andrew Wiggins has been doing in Golden State this season, you look at Zach Levine after he left the Wolves, you know, like, these are dudes that are, like, you know, improved, and, like, we're further in to their careers, um, where, like, a lot of people would expect them to to peter off. You know, Brooke Lopez like Brooke s- get broke suddenly like developed a, a three point shot and is like an elite three and D fucking center. That's, yeah, but that's excellent on defense. Like he used Lori, to change. It's just he's doing it well. I what do you mean he didn't? He hasn't changed. He's like he's like efficient. He's like. He's doing it just good now. Like Brooke Lopez changed his game. Brooke Lopez started shooting threes. Zach Levine, like Zach Levine, was still kind of like a younger player, kind of going moving upward. Like I think that Lori, I don't think he's necessarily changed the way he's played. He's just like doing it good. <laughs> that's a. I think that's like the most important change. No, like <laughs> that he's yeah, like playing like his game. He's like. Brooke Lopez, he did, he wasn't shooting threes. Uh, I, yeah, no, I I I understand that the Brooke Lopez case is like a, a niche thing, but like Lori Markkinen is playing well, and like sure maybe he hasn't like added a bunch of shit to his bag, but he's being you know efficient in in his decision making. He's he's like making the right reads. He's he's like killing it on like running the pick and roll and pick and pop like you, you know you screen like the these are all think, things that are contributing to him being a great player this year do you think the jazz are going to end up over 500 yes yes at what play in position are you like they might make playoffs all right i don't think they'll be in top six but i think they'll be like they'll they'll be you know like Probably under the Pelicans. They're in the six to eight range. Um, I think they're in the probably the seven to ten range. At the end of the day, Lori's good until he's not good anymore. Like, I, like you're right. He's good. He's playing well. I can't say he's not going to do well because he's only. Been doing well. It's like Lori Markkinen's your best player. What are working? Like I, again, I, I agree, Ike, but it's been working. Where is the ceiling for this team? I mean, it's not that high. I yeah yeah no I I agree that the the ceiling might not be that high but I also think that actually the the floor is pretty high due to like their veteran leadership um, yeah and just, just experience as a whole are they really gonna like try to keep it together like would they I feel like if they ever got a good offer they would just like take it like immediately if they got draft picks yeah we'll see I still think I still do believe they want to lose and they're not. The front office is not trying to win these games. They just keep winning these games. Yeah, I know. That's what's so fun about it. You know, it's like they like Colin. You think Colin Sexton gives a fuck about like what Danny Ainge thinks? <laughs> right. There's a group of guys who like fuck you to the front office. Right now. It's like the uh, mate, the uh, major league. Movies, you know. No. All right. All right moving on. Uh, right. Ike. Your bad team. My very bad team is the Los Angeles Lakers. Yuck. 
Lakers uh, are an awful offensive team, are an average like defensive team points per game wise and field goal percentage wise. Um, horrible, horrible shooting team. They shoot 28.4% from three, which is just shocking. Dead last in the league. Um, they're going through a bit of an identity crisis. I'm not really sure what their solution is. People are saying like Anthony Davis trades. Uh, yeah, that's or, like a weird thing. Yeah. I heard they were open to it, or I don't know if that's just a rumor yeah. or what. But. Yeah, Bill Simmons reported. LeBron is shooting 21% from three on seven attempts a game, which just seems irresponsible. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's, Dude, is he finally washed? On the Lakers, it's just like, <laughs> like come on. <laughs> I mean, his stats otherwise are fine. He's still barely shooting under 50% from the field. But it's like if you took a couple fewer threes a game, he'd be shooting like 55 from the field and like probably have more points. I don't know. And then Westbrook's just a whole, a whole nother, I don't even like, just kind of a laughing stock, but like being fine off the bench. Like, it's he's, he's like, not doing as bad as people are putting out there. Well, he's had a really good like three or four games the past. Yeah, he's been playing well off the bench. Yeah. The issue with the Lakers is they're just not – they have no depth. Yeah. They have no depth, depth. No and depth. they are the worst shooting team. And they're so old. And their offense <laughs> so tired. is, like, horrible to watch. So worn out. Like, they're a bunch of old men without anyone to back them up. It, it does not work. It's like – like LeBron, it seems like when he like like things aren't going their way, he just starts like pouting and like jacking up threes. Yeah. You know? And like, I don't know, preserving his body, I guess. Um yeah. but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I just like do you have to wonder what's going through his head right now? They're like what are they they're two and seven? Yeah. Right? He doesn't have the energy to just take over games anymore. He just doesn't have that, like, and it's fair. Like, it's his 20th season. Yeah, it's fair. But, you know, you just wonder what's going through his head, like, because he he has to know the the ceiling. The ceiling of this team is, is like, very low, you know, I I think, um, is the reality of it. Like, no matter how well Anthony Davis plays, no matter how well he plays, like, you know, Pat Bev is going to run around and, like, try to fucking do the best he can, but, like... Pat Bev has not missed a free throw this year. <laughs> There's, that's a good stat. <laughs> so, how he's taking, like, under, under 25? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They're decent defensively. Yeah, but I mean they should be really good defensively. Like, given I mean, Pat Bev is maybe you know he's also only shooting like twenty something, twenty five percent from three. It seems like yeah, he's he really. Not, yeah, I don't. That really hurts for them. 
I don't know. It's really strange because, like, in theory, he I thought he would be like a good piece for them. I maybe would have tried to get Malik Beasley. I don't know if that was possible from the Jazz as well in that trade because, like, they desperately need shooting, and he's just like he'll just make shots or miss them. It doesn't really matter whether or not he's it's yeah. Yeah, I don't know if AC's trade eligible. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, wasn't Beverly in the same trade though? Like yeah, two yeah. True, jets. true. I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the restrictions are around that. Usually gets paid a ton more. I know. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, big darkness over that. I don't know if they'll turn it around. Um, you want to hear some Davis trades? <laughs> yeah. Just shoot off. Trade. Shoot off a few Anthony Davis trades. Oh, so the Bulls. Bulls would trade. Uh, That'd be fun. Low <laughs> mic. That might. I mean, I'd give a two first for that. No, you'd have to give like probably Vucevic, uh, either Caruso or like one two more first. They get Caruso back. <laughs> Anthony Davis. Uh, I wouldn't say no. No, I think the Lakers. I mean, I don't. I think they probably want more than just Vucevic. They probably they probably would want Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams can't have. Him. <laughs> it's pretty the mean. Next. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. The Knicks have a ton of trade assets. You know, I don't know. Julius Randle. Kentucky connection. Randall back to the Lakers? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying Randall and him oh. on the same team. Do they have their first round pick next year? The Knicks? No, the the Lakers. I think I think so. Yeah, I think they have a swap with the Pelicans. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, that's why everyone's like paying attention to. Yeah. Uh, where the, funny. Those are at. They want. They beat the Pelicans. Actually, but things and nuggets, good wins. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like that—that they—they're like they have now. They got their Mickey Mouse ring. <laughs> Come on, it was legit. Literally in Disney World. All right, it was literally in Disney World. La Mickey. All right, go ahead. My surprisingly bad team. Uh, another hand up. My bad. Uh, 76ers. Uh, not great start to the year for a team I thought was going to be a lot better. They are a team just that lacks an offensive identity through and through. Um, it's basically just like whoever it's a ball, they either pass right away, the person just kind of takes a one-on-one, or James Harden will just dribble at the clock um, and then try to get fouled and just take a shot. Um, that being said, uh, who do we all think the second best player on the uh, – Seven Sixers is right now. What, what do you mean second? Oh, like after Embiid? After Harden. Yeah. It's Harden. I think it's Maxi, and I, I I think Derek Maxi is better than him. All season, I've lost a lot of bets on these fucking. <laughs> I've lost a lot of their goddamn games, um, and I think Tyrese Maxi has been outperforming James Harden, the basketball player, kind of through and through. Um, James Harden, like, again, his stats aren't bad, but like, there's just something about watching that dude play basketball that just makes it seem like he hates everybody around him. 
everything around him just fucking sucks. It's like a black hole of like love for the game. This is about this man, and I just don't understand. He can still average twenty and ten, whatever. But there's something about watching him play, and it's an eye test thing, right? Like his stats, that they're fine. I think he's like second in the league for point guards and assists right now. But there's something about watching him play basketball that just feels like teams aren't going to be successful, aren't going to be able to do it with him. He's incredibly lethargic. Uh, yeah, I think he's like pretty poor uh, defensively. I think he actually has like pretty solid offensively. I don't know if you guys saw that that uh, dribble stat that I like. Yeah, the showed at. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's like yeah he takes like <laughs> like three times more dribbles than like the entire rest of the team. Obviously, that was like a, a little earlier in the season. Um, I mean, it was the Celtics game. That Celtics game absolutely skewed that. He took more dribbles than the Celtics team all combined. Right. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like uh, I I you know I still think Harden clears Maxi. Um, we'll see. You know what what Maxi can do with with him out right now. Um, but I you know it's like. I think they'll be able to figure it out. They're just like too talented. Um, I, they, they have a, they have a ton of talent, right? They have a ton of talent as a team. They just don't seem like they actually want to go out for a basketball game, which speaks to their defensive kind of like lackluster. Like they're not the worst team in the world defensively. But they're just they just don't seem to have like any drive to do it, you know. And I think that speaks a lot, a lot on Doc Rivers and the coach as well. Um, and I've been a Doc Rivers guy. I really, really have been. But this is. You can't get your team up to play defense. That speaks to, to you as a basketball coach, you know, like. Or the fact that you have James Harden on your team. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it it was weird seeing, like, in that first Celtics game, seeing them, like, come out and, like, Embiid's kind of, like, lumbering around. Harden's kind of lumbering around. Like, I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure they're, like, fast break defense is, like, really terrible. Um, and, yeah, and it's just, like, they, they, they just look, like, lazy and lethargic. And I thought that, like, you know, with the revamped team, they're, like, everyone's healthy, they're getting back together. I really thought they were going to, like, come out and be really good. Um, right Embiid off the bat, is, yeah, so. Yeah, like, Embiid, like... He's he might just be soft. Like at some <laughs> at some point, you might just have to call this man soft. He's played like five of the ten games so far this year. Like this is like at some point, you just got to be a basketball player and stop being put out for like these like he's like sick. He's not feeling good. He has a cold. Like, fuck you. Go play back. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Sixers. All right. Um, so my bad team, unfortunately, are my Minnesota Timberwolves. We're five and five. Uh, the Wolves are 20th in offense. Uh, we've had the sixth easiest schedule. Uh, what? <laughs> Depends who you ask. Not nice opinion. Uh, okay, schedule. yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, second and three-pointers given up per game. You know, I'll, I'll circle back to that. Um, 
firsts and opponent assists. People are just zipping the ball around us. Uh, I mean, given we've played the Spurs like a number of times and like they have, they lead the league. I'm pretty sure in assists. Jazz are good at it too. Yeah, but um, the the really bad stat is is that we're 23rd in defensive rebounding percentage. There's two seven footers out there. One of them leads the league in rebounding. I don't understand. Like you don't, you, no one boxes out on that team. You know, and like these tiny teams are just like snagging offensive rebounds over, you know, like like three of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Edwards doesn't box out, Russell doesn't box out, McDaniel's doesn't box out. I don't, you know, Cat like sort of box out. Like Cat's used to rebounding. Like Gobert just is tall and rebounds. And like he's fine, but like, well, you know, mostly what it's about is kind of the eye test, you know, like apart from all these statistics, is like it just looks clunky, you know, when the starting lineup is out there. And like every game, it's it's been the same story. I actually don't know about the Houston, I, I didn't check the stats on that, but like. The, the starters are the starters plus minus they're all negative and then like the bench guys especially like Nas Reed and Jalen Noel are all positive um, which yeah. is just not what you want to see uh, you know and yeah. like the like our three major um, usage guys like Edwards Russell and Towns all averaging over three turnovers a game, not taking care of the ball, um, and just lost defensively as well. Um, Mike, you want to say something? Yeah, so the thing about your bench, I think that is the biggest reason I put you guys in actually one of my like teams that have to get better reason. You know, like Rudy's doing his job. Rudy's doing what you brought Rudy to do. I just think everyone else is kind of expecting him to do kind of more and just kind of being a little bit more of that. Like on the rebounding thing, he's leading the league in rebounding, but then everyone else just kind of stops trying to rebound. You know? I know. Like I think I think that's something you guys will kind of figure out more and like it's just kind of like an adaption thing, which and I'm not and I don't want to like suck the wolf's dick or anything, but like I think that is like just showing that oh like this is kind of a new core that's gotta kinda of figure it out more than anything really bad. Um I have only watched – I haven't watched all the Bulls games. I've only watched a few, but, like, how how are we feeling about D-Lo right now? Dude, I mean – go ahead, Ike. I think he's not, not shooting well, which is just kind of something you would expect to improve. I think the longer he plays with Gobert, the more he'll figure out how, kind of, like, the pick and rolls and, like, how his mannerisms on the court and everything – also, a lot of the turnovers with D'Lo are, just seem super forced, or not unforced, where it's, he just kind of tosses a wayward pass. It's, it seems like a lot of really weird stuff. And I think he'll improve, but like he has been bad, and his defense has been bad. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of the main issue is that the offense is just infinitely better when Gobert is off the court. 
Well, I mean, like, he takes up a lot of room, you know, like. Well, yeah, he's constantly down there. They always, well, like, even if he goes somewhere, they won't follow him because. They're not worried about shooting. Yeah, and he's like a fine passer. And I think the Jazz the past few years have had, like, some like top five offenses in the NBA with him on the team. But you're running into the kryptonite in the Jazz in the playoffs. People stop tracking Rudy Gobert to the three point line and start patting him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we'll... That's what the Jazz every killed the Jazz every time in the playoffs. But you would think they would do it in the regular season too. I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll you know, like there are ways to get around that. Um, I think, but like, yeah, you know, it's just like back when it was Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt was just much quicker, um, player and like Rudy's just kind of, he's just too, like, he's too big to like make these like quick cuts that Vanderbilt could make. And like, so it's just like a, the, the rolling timing in the pick and roll with D'Angelo Russell is just completely different with Gobert and he's much more of a lob threat, obviously, but like, you know, you everyone's expecting the lob you know so like that timing is weird yeah. i i think they'll figure that out um i think cat has like cats is sort of like pretending to be a guard in some ways i feel like he's taking like a lot of bad three-point shots yeah and like throwing the ball around and um kind of it feels like he's playing a little bit outside of himself as well um yeah, but you know. When are we trying to start pushing? What? Uh, he's just antagonizing. Bad question. <laughs> I was not thinking. Chris Finch is a good. I was asking about Chris Finch on the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's like I actually respect what Chris Finch is doing in like kind of like forcing the the starting lineup to play together even though like the you know lineup with like Kyle Anderson is flowing a lot better the now lineup with Nas Reed is flowing a lot better it's Kyle like Kyle two games he's been pretty decent before that he was kind of not like 45 from three he's how many he must have taken like five three pointers like <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't shoot that much, but that's okay. It's not. He's really like good. good, but I don't think he's really figured it out quite yet. I mean, he's also been hurt. yet, like I mean, a what concussion else do you want? The back injury. He just has been kind of invisible. He just hasn't like the past few games. He's been a lot better, but no, no. I think I think it flows his way into the lineup or into the rotation, which is hard not to play Nas three. It's, it's hard proved not to, to play be. Nas it, it it is hard not to play Nazareth. You're absolutely right. The game, scored 27 off from three. He's he's a damn good player, and he's really I you know from what I see is he's really improved over the off season. Um, I also like when Finch like plays Gobert and Cat kind of like on separate rotations. Yeah, the staggering. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also think Edwards just needs to like I don't know, figure figure out his rhythm, I think. Yeah. And like yeah, I don't know. Be We also more lost intentional. a lot of with Beverly and Vanderbilt, yeah. which is tough. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, like, the teams will start, like, shooting a little worse from three, and, like, we'll give up a few less three-pointers, um, just because no. it's, like, the ebbs and flows of the season, but we'll see. Let's move on. Um, like, a team that you think must get better? Oh, yeah, that was Sam's. My team that is going to be better is the Orlando Magic. They are 2-8 and eight and dead last in the East. Um, part of the reason I think they'll be better is because of injuries. Cole Anthony's missed six games. Jalen Suggs has missed five. Fultz, Harris, and Isaac have missed every game. Five out of their eight losses have been single digit. Um, and then some players. Paolo looks legit. He Someone looks... else has missed a lot of games that you have refused to announce, by the way. Who? Jalen Suggs. Said, he said, said that. Jaylen... Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I'll go on. Paolo seems legit, kind of seems like the lock for rookie of the year unless yeah. unless there's an injury or something. 22.6 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists. And he's, like, doing it off the dribble, too. He's, like, showing that he has ball handling skills and, like, real offensive skills. So he's going to be really good. Franz Wagner has been a terrific fill-in point guard, which has been fun. Yeah, he's great. Turnovers are a bit high, but... Out of men who run at least six pick and rolls per game, he has the fourth best effective field goal percentage. The uh, 60.4. Wagner. Yes. That's I great. still don't understand. I don't understand why this team's going to get that much better, though. Like, all of by far their best player, and that's all fine and whatever. Hear the injuries? Sure, but like, I don't know, Cole Anthony, whatever. Like, I, I think. Uh, there's a few things, Mike. I think that they're, uh, like they're a young team, you know, and things still are a little clunky. And like I think that like all of them, all those players will get better as the season goes on. But also, I think like Wagner and Bancaro are both shooting like twenty percent from three right now. And I think that is bound to improve. Wagner shot pretty well last year. Um, and Bancaro was shooting threes in college. Like, you know, I'm not going to, like, say he's... He's not a three-point shooter. That's never been his, like, thing. I don't like know. He's shooting... I feel like he shot a lot of threes in college and then shot very well. Also definitely something you can, like, improve. Very like, better. Like, like, I think, like, down the line, they're going to be, like... A solid team. I'm saying for this year, what are we saying? They're also dead last in the East, so I mean, it's. I think they can be better than that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think their their ceiling is is competing for that ten seed. Uh, yeah. Personally, Wendell Carter Jr. looks good. Yeah. Sixteen, nine, and three. Bull, bull. I was gonna say, <laughs> their ceiling is you know, is bull, where bull. it's at because of bull, bull. <laughs> yeah, Bull Bull could bring them to places we couldn't imagine. Finally, uh, Bull Bull. Sorry, go ahead. Who leads the NBA in two-point field goal percentage? 
Hell yeah. Seventy-seven. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's not even because he's tall though. It's like he puts the ball on the floor. He doesn't just sit by the rim. Yeah, he's skilled, yeah. and and he's shooting thirty-eight percent from three too. You know, mm-hmm. and like yeah, overall that's sixty-nine percent. He's uh, it's eleven and seven rebounds a game. Like one game at the point. <laughs> I may have been a small forward, but you know, we'll see. Fair to say that RJ Hampton is just bad. RJ Hampton's not very good. Yeah. Um and like but uh it's encouraging to see Jalen Suggs play well. Like I think didn't he have like twenty six and nine or something against the Warriors? Huge win. Yeah. By the way, Gary Harris and Jonathan Isaac are real, real pieces that haven't played a single game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I like Bull Bull more than Jonathan Isaac, so <laughs> that's okay with me. But but Gary Harris is, you know, technically an NBA player, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think Harsh. that that team's going to realize how amazing. Victor will fit into their lineup next year if they can, if they don't do well. Yeah, the, yeah, maybe that front office will start <laughs> snapping some ACLs. Eventually, like if you're if you're two and eight, like why like why don't you just like be like, all right, let's just start kind of focusing on this. <laughs> well, I mean, the you know, it's easy to say like we see in Utah. Yeah, but like I think the guys in Utah are just kind of more like able to win basketball games because again I think there are a lot more veterans over there obviously I think they they just know the NBA better than these kind of these youngins you know yeah we'll see and if I'm Paolo I'm like that'd be kind of cool to play with Victor (laughs) 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 oh that's why he's shooting 20% from three Um, alright are we good to move on to Monday yep um, so one of the teams I had to get better was the Wolves. We talked about them a lot, so I knew we would. So I also picked another one, uh, the Nets. You know, I think the Nets are are just kind of destined to kind of figure it out. They just hired a, uh, some might say problematic. I don't coach. think they've hired him yet. Is it not official? Dude, no, that's the thing. I don't think they've they've hired him. What? No, I, I don't think they've actually hired him. Yeah, it's very curious i think a bunch of people in like the ownership group have been kind of like do we have to do this what did he do they're not saying what did he do we don't know well i think they like have kind of hinted that he was like aggressively aggressively pursuing like kind of she was saying like i'm not doing this like like no like and he didn't he was just kind of continuing to pursue her okay I, that's not and it, it, I, I don't want to fall into a Jalen Rose rat, rat hole here <laughs> um, for, for the initial response for the what initially kind of came out about what happened it seemed like kind of a crazy suspension for just cheating on, for just like cheating on your wife and some of the words yeah yeah no, so there so we like the, the, there has to be more than that. It has to be more. And then you had Matt Barnes coming out and being like, oh, yeah, I heard what happened. But he also may have just been lying. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But it, it wasn't just him, though. It was like Richard Jefferson was like, said something weird, too, about like, 
oh, like once you guys like know the details of the story or something, it's like just, what? just fucking tell us, you know? That's more transparent if you're gonna do these like big ass like like I don't understand like unless... I think they're trying right now to. Well, I guess if the Nets hire him, it won't matter. But there's a way they can like kind of void his contracts if they like find him to have done something through like some process, like due process. Yeah, like, there's a way of getting out of his because he just got a big contract. I think I think he can. I think the Celtics are just able to like let him go. Like the, they just have to give him permission. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, yeah, the, if the Nets hire. Is it the same thing with yeah. NFL where they guaranteed money for co- like for those coaching contracts? I think. I mean, I think yeah. I think the way right now, if the Nets don't. So, if he does coach, like he's kind of a proven what winner again. Like it's all everything up with, with him is kind of near because like how you don't listen to a guy if like you're not really sure. Also, like I don't know would the Nets know what happened. People gotta be talking. Like if, if Matt Barnes found out, I feel like every like I feel like no people. Yeah, believe. so this is why I think more stuff is gonna come out because you know what happened. Yeah, because because the 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 Nets have to know exactly what happened for them to like, you know, consider this, and then like you know more people know, and he's back in the spotlight, and then you know he has to talk to the press. You know, like I, I don't know. We'll see. Who are we protecting right now? It, yeah, I mean, like, like, who were they trying to protect? Like, it's and you can't claim it's it's her anymore because they already came out with sexual and all that stuff, right? I don't think the Celtics did. The Celtics or, didn't confirm out, right? who it was, but like, I think it's out through like unofficial sources. Yeah. Kind of funny that the Nets just blamed everything with Steve Nash. That was that was neat for them, convenient. Yeah, Steve, he admitted he had no control over anything going on. Yeah. Well, no one. And I'm so not saying it's Steve Salt, but like that was that's a very hard team to coach. I think like probably the most difficult team to coach with those players, and it may not have been the job. I, 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 you know, they said it was a, a mutual, you know, decision to to part ways, and like I genuinely bes- believe that, you know. There's better things to do than dealing with fucking Kyrie. Like, I feel like, like, you you saw him, like, lose his mind against, like, the Bucks and stuff. Like, I feel like that man was just, like, you know, on edge. And it's, it's like, you know, it's difficult as a player and a coach to, like, have these, like, little problems here and there, like, that are, like, won't go away, you know, and... Like you get asked, you finish the game, you get asked by the media about them, like what's going on with Kyrie, like oh, it's like what's going on with Ben Simmons' confidence, you know, you're out on the street, you know, people are yelling at you, what's good with Ben Simmons, you know, like play Cam Thomas, you know, and then like you know, you go home to your fucking wife and kids, they're asking about it. I don't know, it's got to be tough. I didn't know he was divorced. I don't know about yeah. anything about Steve Nash. <laughs> you knew his kids lived in Santa Monica. <laughs> I don't know any of this. Why do you guys know this? Ike's a super fan. Ike does love I, Steve. I'm, I'm really happy Steve Nash doesn't have to go through that now. That whole, like, <laughs> 
can focus on Steve. They can put him back in the Champions League coverage. Remember, he, he was doing oh, that. Yeah, he was doing that, wasn't he? I don't know. He should have started. That was when Bleacher Report was doing that. Yeah, he should have started coaching somewhere that wasn't so just inherently toxic. Yeah, that was the most. Toxic. Well, he was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, you you walk into that situation, you know, that's not like. I mean, what you want to. You know, people were saying that he he was like doing well. You know, when he like when they made that that run to the you know what was it the second round uh, where like he was like a Kevin Durant was like a toenail away. You know, first round. That was no, that was the second round, I think. Um, but yeah. So, what do you think the the Nets' ceiling is, Mike? If you think they're going to improve, I mean, like a playoff. Like I think they're like. You think they're top six in the East? Yeah. Right. Like I like. Well, I think it's the same exact conversation we had last year, and I feel like this team is more in shambles and less talented. But I think I just think it comes down to games played by Kevin Durant. Like, I think, like, that's going to be the big driving force. Like, KD keeps... 60 games last year. I think he played 50 games. But um, if KD, like, he, he's played all 10, and he's played very well, right? Like, you get a little bit of help. Kyrie starts playing, like, a little bit of basketball. I think I think they're a playoff team, and I don't think that's, like, it's just, like, I think they're going to be better than where they're at right now, which is, like, again, they're not doing well. They're not, like, in the gutters by any means. They're, like, what, five and – they're four and six right now, right? So they're – in the ninth spot. Like, I think a couple games go the other way. Like, they probably could have beaten the Bucks. Like, watching that game, going into, like, the fourth, like, they, they had a good shot against the Bucks, and they blew it. They had a good shot against the Bulls, and they blew it. They're kind of playing reverse basketball with the Bucks. Like, they're playing good, and they, and they have no drive to close out games. Like, that, yeah, that, that game against uh, the Mavericks went into overtime as well. That was close. Um. It's, it's, yeah, we'll it's, see. I mean, maybe Ben Simmons will, you know, be able I to feel make a layup. <laughs> I mean, that's like what he's doing is actually maybe worse than what Westbrook is doing. Like Ben Simmons' stats and just general performance are pathetic. And it's like a guy where it's like we're waiting for you for a while to be like, yeah, like I'll play, I'll play to my level it's like we've waited a really long time yeah and he like went on like over the off season like with jj reddick and he was like i i don't know i feel like he was talking a lot of shit he's still just not even he just doesn't attack like there's no drive to attack like and that's the thing like he he was good in philly when he attacked like he knew his limitations in philly everyone knew his limitations like he kind of overcame that because he attacked he was aggressive and he yeah he's like an athletic dude and like has like a great touch around the basket and has not yeah he's just not been doing that all right it makes it harder yeah um so i was gonna talk about the clippers i guess um because like yeah i don't know it's i'm not like they're like sure like the best team on paper or whatever in basketball um, or at least like the deepest is what's being told or was being talked about, you know, um, 
and like a lot of people had them going to the finals, you know, and coming out first in the the West. I don't know if that'll happen, but I think they'll they'll certainly be better than they are now, you know. Um, and like, what are they? They're five and five, you know. But like Kawhi's injury problems are like sort of persisting. Well, half of them are just rest. Like, yes. talk about it. He doesn't seem interested. He is. I. He does not want to play basketball anymore. I think he just is kind of done with it. Like he gave it all in Toronto, and it's just like, oh, like your your second best player is Marcus Morris, and that's a huge issue. Yeah, or, or well, I don't know if it's Marcus Morris. It might. In front of Paul George. No, Paul you're, George. You're saying when Kawhi's not Kawhi, playing. I, mean, I would probably more. say Norman Powell is better than. Than that, um, and I, I guess Reggie Jackson's been kind of kind of poor, but um, you know we'll see. Uh, and like, yeah, I was listening to this podcast called the the Mismatch on the Ringer the other day, and this guy, one of the hosts, Chris Vernon, was like, if there was. Uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of load management. It would be one face, and it would be Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and it's like, like kind of, yeah. Like what? What the hell, man? It's been like so long. You know, yeah. it's been a year and a half. It's like, like a different, like right knee soreness, rest, and then they'll put like a different part of his body that he's resting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like at some point you just want you just have to play basketball. Like, why don't you want to play basketball? I think there's something to kind of be said about like what he did in Toronto. He just kind of gave it all in Toronto. He's like, this is kind of my peak. Like, I think I mean, he may, like I think I think it's I think it could be very likely that he's like, through I this is what I hit and this is like something I'm never really going to achieve anymore. Maybe he doesn't want to play anymore. And I think that might be it. Maybe I don't. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense because I feel like physically he could get back to that level. But talking about physical like thing, I'm talking about like a mental thing where yeah. he's like, I, he overcame every like major hurdle, every like every like star on his way into that. That was probably the best individual playoff run like we've really really ever seen. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, whatever. They, they like... You could. I mean, that's I just mean, a that's, huge claim. Who do you... Let's, let's think about who we, who we overcame, right? Like, first game, he, he hits that game winner against the Sixers, right? It's an like bounce. East, or first, the, the first series. Round. I think that was the like, second round. And then they, they, they played the Bucks in the conference final. Um, I can't remember Curry. who's who is in the first round, but LeBron on the Cavaliers. He, um, I mean, Kyrie won him the championship. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. I mean, Kyrie was better than anyone else. Anyone that uh, Kawhi LeBron had. was like infinitely better than Kawhi. But Kyrie played was against better than infinitely better. Kyrie Warriors was too. better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Anyone. Okay. I mean, we can talk about this another time but like the Toronto Raptors winning that championship was like you know it was a miracle is because of the Warriors being injured let's be wow. real 
Wow. Yeah, discrediting. That's I you know I feel like that's pretty that's that's a pretty cold take. No. Um, let's do bets. All right. Um. Okay, so right now the games I've not started are the Wolves and then the Knicks. Uh, Denver Spurs, Brooklyn Dallas, Kings Warriors, Lakers Jazz, and Cavs Clippers. Did you say the Celtics Grizzlies? It just started. Oh. I'll go first. Uh, I'll take the under in Celtics Grizzlies 231. Okay. Um, all right. I'll take the under in Kings Warriors at 236.5. That feels like too many points. It's so many points. Oh, oh, are we doing like? We'll do unders first. We'll do yeah. unders first, yeah. We'll oh, just do it like. Okay, okay. I don't know why we started with unders, but I had to get it in quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> true. Um, I do. I have to go under. Yeah, we do an under over favorite dog. I thought that's yeah. okay. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm gonna. I'll go under on the wolves, honestly. Um, what is it? It's two thirty four point five. Are you are points. you writing this down, Ike? Uh, just we'll just re- send them in the in the GC after it. Okay, I'm just gonna mark it. Um, okay, and then back to Overs. back back to me. Yep. Uh, I'll take the over on the Cavs Clippers. What's it at? Two thirteen. Oh, it's low. Um, yeah, I was kind of in the same boat as you, was just kind of finding a low one. Uh, my over is Nets Mavs at two sixteen. That's mine. No, two sixteen <laughs> for what game? Nets no, Mavs. you you said you can't take the same games. It was your rule. You took the wrong switch. spread. No, I didn't. I took We're that. snaking, right? We're snaking. Who? Yes, you yeah. got to find a new game. Bullshit. That was your rule. It's cheating. Right here. Mm-hmm. Nuggets at Spurs under 234.5. You mean over? Or no. Oh, I'm going over? Yeah. Guys. Um, Kings Warriors over 235.5. Wow. Whoa. I mean, I all right. so we're head to head there. All right. All right. Um, favorites, like the Heat started. Just take them anyways. Say whatever. Heat minus five against the Trailblazers. It's like you're looking pretty good on that one live right now, which is actually pretty under. All right. Um, oh, mine sick. also had started already, but mine are currently, mine are currently losing. Um, so I had Celts minus three and a half. That's it. Um, and they are down two right now. So still love that three and a half line. Probably plus money right now. Yeah, first um, quarter. No, it's minus two point five where I'm at. Um, all right. Uh, I like I like uh, Dallas minus six over the Nets. To be honest, minus six like is a little bit worrisome. Um, considering the last game was super competitive, but I still like them minus six. Yeah, 
right. What's your uh, your dog? Oh, my dog. Uh, my dog. I think my dog is the Kings, just because the Warriors have been such shite. Um, and I don't know. Darren Fox Kings? playing well. What are they plus? Plus eight. Uh, my dog's also plus eight. The Spurs against the uh, uh, Nuggets. Uh, money, money line dog. Oh, it's too late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my dog is Grizzlies plus three and a half. Grizzlies plus three and a half. Yeah, I like that. You just faded me across the board there, huh? You took the Spurs. I had to. Asshole. <laughs> not a Absolutely. All right. Well, we're all locked in. Oh, I, I wrote one down, which was um, Reggie Bullock uh, over 1.53s. Random prop. <laughs> right? I just because just the Nets give up a lot of threes. And uh, I think Bullock is like their, their biggest chucker guy. But yeah. All right. Uh, until next time.